Gentlemen, start your engines! Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotner. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the little, uh, um, uh, technical goodies. Radio Hotner. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. G'day viewers, welcome to episode 40 Radio Hot Lab. Our one year episode. Not celebrating much tonight though. I'll no. tell you now, we're not, in, not having a celebration. No we're not, it's not celebratory night. We're just enjoying, just laying back, cruisy night, nothing special. We might celebrate in about two or three weeks time or something. Radio Hot Lab, where you take a light-hearted look at the world of motorsport, emerging technologies and gadgets and... Barbecues. Techniques. Exactly, even. which is sizzling away at the moment actually and uh, we had a little uh, moment there earlier where it looked like some fat had caught fire but uh, we got through that and uh, we got a beautiful bit of rolled pork in the uh, in in the uh, what do you call that in the hooded gas barbecue hooded gas barbecue with a lazy uh, roast chicken uh, on the side sausage dogs like dribbling on the side waiting absolutely g'day viewers it's great to see you again it is indeed it's uh, JP here, viewers, and of course Johnny Hart. And uh, you're not there to say my last. We're welcoming you to the 40th episode. The 40th episode. What are you drinking tonight, mate? I'm on a Corona actually, with a bit of uh, lemon in it, which is very pleasant. And what have you got there, Johnny? Mate, I'm having a glass of uh, oh Bremerton, uh, the the Cabernet Shiraz Melbeck Merlot Wionia Tempranillo Langhorn Creek. Our friend Donald Wilson's brother, brother's sister. No, brother's daughter. Brother's daughter. Rebecca Wilson is the winemaker. Yep. And I'm on to the uh, the red viewers tonight because uh, just come from quite a pleasant meeting at the Hyatt Hotel with an old mate of mine, Dave Gorman, Goofster, um, who's uh, Goofster, oh, Goof, Goofster, sorry, Goof, who's um, haven't seen for a few years. Other than I did uh, catching up with him uh, accidentally at the Bathurst International Motorsport Festival at Easter early in the year, uh, where he did a couple of laps around Bathurst with a few people in some fast cars, um, and uh, one of the uh, sales gurus at uh, Olympus and he uh, said look why don't you come down and we've got a bit of a conference on yep. so I went down and uh, met his uh, his MD Brendan and uh, the lovely human resources manager Teresa Teresa from Melbourne oh and you've got both their cards there I noticed I and, have they've been very kind and uh, Teresa's quality endorsed but Brendan isn't <laughs> that's a bit of a worry well that's exactly right <laughs> and uh I'm uh, going to go and have a bit of a look around the uh, the old show tomorrow, the old show, the new show, whatever the show uh-huh. is tomorrow, and see what's going on. And it's interesting to hear that they, they, these guys are um, uh, Olympus. This is the medical division, not just uh, the consumer. Oh, right, not the consumer cameras, camera right, stuff that they, and the pro cameras. Yeah, all sorts of medical stuff, including yeah. um, you know imaging that uh, devices that would be inserted into various parts of the body to find right. out more going on. Well, there's a crossover there in the motorsport, and understand that the, the same technology is being used by uh, FPR from uh, Curtis yep. of Olympus to um, find out what's going on with 
Isn't what? that in the engine? Inside the engine? Pity it didn't have a U-turn camera. They might have seen the broken valve before it had fallen off. <laughs> well, absolutely. Sorry, dear Jason Bright, <laughs> only 20 laps in, it was all over. It wasn't the same camera they were using on the bottom of Lounsey's car to see what the tyre was doing, was it? The no, was it the using? same camera that was you being used on the uh, up to, uh, front right suspension of Brabs's car mm. to find out why that little uh, wheel disconnected with the uh, <laughs> collarbone? Collarbone? <laughs> Which is connected to the <laughs> wishbone. wishbone. <laughs> anyway, yes, a bit of a uh, interesting uh, time there at Bathurst. But yeah, look, uh, nice bunch of people and interested to go along tomorrow and have a look and just see how um, how wide uh, spread the Olympus brand is because it's a lot more than just imaging products, obviously. Mm. And I, I, I myself bought one of those uh, water. Proof uh, Mu uh, 740 cameras, the little oh, 7.1 yeah. yep, yep, yep. pixel cameras. They were just out of the blue, uh, just before I'd met Dave. And you know, you've seen it. Yep. I call it my dirt cam. Yep, yep. Plug it in the just pocket there. Yep. And how handy is it? Because I don't want to carry around uh, the Canon EOS uh, 20D with the lens, because it's sort of you know you, you it's can't really big sneak and bulky, it. and you can't sneak it in place. Yeah, can't sneak up on people over dinner when they've had a few too many reds. JP. <laughs> Uh, well, so talking about Bathurst, you went down there on the uh, on the Wednesday. I mean, I thought it was a what I saw of it on the TV. Obviously, because I'd sort of said that I wasn't going to go this year. Um, my uh, my sister and uh, brother-in-law finally arrived last Monday, and I didn't know exactly when they were going to lob in the country. So I thought I'd do the right thing and just say no, no. I'll just rule myself out this year. Um, so I really only saw the coverage all day Sunday. And I recorded some of the coverage on Saturday, which I'll talk to you about in the techie section a bit later on. Um, but I thought it was a great weekend. Uh, you know, a fantastic crowd without a doubt. The whole Brocky thing went down spectacularly well. And uh, it was great to see Lounsey get up there. Look, it was brilliant television coverage for the bits that I did get to see. It's always difficult to be able to watch um, you know, a, a race unfold when you're there in, in at Bathurst and then yeah, being part of Triple Eight. It was um, well, it was, it was wonderful to be there to be part of the winning team, um, uh, and also um, you know the, being there with Alan Simonson who um, uh, came twelfth. He did an absolutely marvellous job. Oh, mate, they did Richard a fantastic Lyons. job. They got right up to fifth viewers. If you were watching, you would have seen that. In fact, no, I think it even went fourth before he got taken by Ingle, that's right. No, uh, got to, uh, I think it was on lap 130 they got to fourth, but the um, the errant plastic bag, can you believe it? An oh, well, I had that on the coverage about the plastic bag, and Lounsey just missed it, so Alan collected it, did he? Well, it's freaky, isn't it, that, that Alan should pick up a plastic bag, and the uh, he said the alarms were running off inside the car there, to, you know, but he couldn't, couldn't even steer the thing, because he couldn't, you know, it was just so many alerts going on, so he had to, uh, to pit, Ludo, his engineer, had um, asked him to pit, um, and that was disappointing. Of course, within himself, he knows, and the team knows that he—they both did a sterling job. The race engineer leader did a great job, and they just everything just went to plan. Oh, uh, so to finish twelfth, uh, you know, from a public's point of view, it's not—you know—it's not fourth, but they—they uh, they did, they did a great job and brought the car home without a mark on it. Um, it's funny though, JP, that uh, on the Saturday morning I was sitting there in the media centre. And I just happened to pick up a um, one of the local newspapers, the Western Advocate. Oh yeah. And inside the back cover was a half-page article on the perils of debris ah. at Bathurst. And what, of all the, you know, talking about errant materials yeah, that have been yeah. the the, 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 pla- the plastic bag. And of course, being atop the mountain, there's a lot of wind going on there, so it's yep. just flying around. 
who should they have in the picture but, but Alan Simonson's double eight car coming across Skyline with a plastic bag wafting dangerously towards the front of the car. So it's I an would, omen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in a bad one. And the funny thing is that I saw it and I thought, well, well, I tear it out and keep it. Will we use this as a media thing later? No, no, no. Of course, Alan screamed at me later. Go, why, why didn't you? <laughs> you should have torn it out. We could have used it as the uh, hero for uh, tonight's show. Well, it's um, well, we'll be re- we've requested that. <laughs> But that is pretty freaky, and I suppose uh, maybe some of the viewers might like to be able to work out the mathematical uh, permutations of that. How could... Uh, yeah, how, how could, many chances uh, in a million? What, is, what are the chances yeah. that the car they actually portrayed mm. uh, as it would be the one? That actually got sidelined by it. Very, very strange indeed. Very strange. So you had a good time. Well, when did you... You flew out Wednesday, was it? Yeah, went up uh, Wednesday. Uh, actually, I went up to, uh, Tuesday to Sydney and then um, went up with uh, with Jack Ellsgood, uh, who was driving the 1971 Falcon XY GDHO that Eric Stanford had put together uh, in the historic race series and Biandi series and, and did very well. There's a couple yeah, I'm, that, I mean, that, that wasn't televised, so what was the story there? Did it go well? Well, there's a couple of faster cars there in the, in the, in the mix. Um, Kim Jane had brought out a, uh, a, a bright yellow Mustang, and um, and Stubber had uh, brought his regular. Oh damn! I think it's a Camaro. I, you know, it's funny. I just don't know what these, these old cars. <laughs> but let me tell you, these things were damn quick. And there's a lot of technology viewers in these old cars going around Bathurst. Now they're doing 300 kilometres an hour down the chute there. Oh yeah. I and bet. they're doing 228s. Now they're very old cars. That, that, that's that. And 227s in in the race. Um, I can tell you that Jack's car is putting 476 horsepower out at the rear wheels. And uh, when you look at it on TV, remember the old 71 XY is a bit of a brick. It's not exactly something that pushes itself through the air. (laughs) It's very aerodynamic. And that's amazing too because, I mean, I can remember a few years back now, I think it was Wheels magazine had uh, finally got Brocky behind the wheel of the GTHO. Um, they were doing some article on laps of Bathurst or whatever, and it was the first time he'd ever driven a Ford, funnily enough, and uh, he was absolutely having a ball in it, and couldn't believe how quick it was down Comrod. So, uh, yeah, that, that's, I think that was excellent. And while we're on that subject and talking about what Brocky did and everything else, of course that was a big focus of the weekend. Uh, Craig from work was up there in the usual spot on Cat Corner, and um, he was he said he was significantly moved by the minute's silence prior to the race after um, uh, after they'd done the the laps of honour in uh, in the in the Brockmobiles from from various years, and uh, he said that you know Bathurst, Bathurst, and there's always a million yahoos up there, and there's always somebody talking and you know yelling and there's lots of carrying on, but he said literally when they had that minute's silence for PB you could have heard a pin drop anywhere on that mountainside. All the fans, everybody, even all the yahoos up on the hill were just quiet as mouth. So uh, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it definitely was uh, like that. It was a, a sad moment. And um, I suppose we, we need to address the uh, other sadness that's um, come across the yep. mountain and uh, the fraternity over the weekend. The yep. very, very sad and unfortunate accident of Mark Porter, Porter yeah. um, in the Fujitsu race on Saturday, Friday, was, uh, Friday, Friday night. Like I think, I think everybody was 
everybody's just like quite startled about the whole thing. It was it was very very sad, and it was only like the week before that there Jack and I were up at Queensland Raceway, and Mark Porter was was testing the the, the Hydrolink car, and in fact it was actually one of the cars which we were looking at on our on our shopping list. And, and Mark's not a um, no, Mark's not a um, not a very tall bloke, but he's also not a a slim guy, and you know would would be be snug in that car, and um, it, it's very yeah, you know, it's very sad. Yeah. To, it's very sad to, to, to see, and I, I find it I find it also difficult that we have now the vision of uh, his demise there. But uh, yeah, was, the, I mean, and the vision was, was already everywhere before it was known what had happened. So uh, I think uh, the media have been once again been relatively irresponsible um, and sensationalised that I don't believe that we would have had anything to do with V8 supercars on the front of a national newspaper. Um, or, um, or rather a Sydney newspaper, um, but suddenly we do, and it's all for the wrong reasons. So for those uh, who, who are putting those articles out there, you should be ashamed of yourselves and um, try and um, think about how you would feel about that situation if it was your uh, relatives. Having said that, moving on, um, look, it, it, it was just a, it's just a terrible, terrible tragedy. Um, and it was a very freaky accident, the way it happened. It, it was there a very, was no very freaky accident. And I mean, I think that was the big thing that the... Um, certainly the local media here um, concentrated and speculated on on Saturday uh, was the fact that you know they were obviously interviewing the V8 supercar drivers and saying oh look isn't this terrible and basically without without exception all the drivers that they interviewed said that they, they viewed it as uh, a very very a very unusual, unusual freaky, freaky accident yeah. Yeah. anyway I don't so, think we need to dwell any so further on the are, subject uh, with Bart Porter's family and uh, and friends and uh, yeah, unfortunately that's yeah, and, and Clarky, uh, good uh, mate, uh, get well soon and yeah, absolutely, Adelaide boy, good so South Australian um, boy, just a terrible, terrible tragedy. Yeah. Now, just while we're still not sort of on that subject exactly, but because I'd spoken about Brocky, I have to tell the viewers that uh, if you're a Brock fan or even if you've got a passing interest and you've got a spare 7.95 in your pocket. Wheels have bought out a, uh, it's like a Wheels magazine really, but it's, it's dedicated to Brocky and it, it, it's got some fascinating articles in there. Um, there's a whole uh, story about the, the assault on Le Mans back in 1983, was that? Yeah, Bob Jones Yep, with Larry Perkins. That's right, with, with LP. And an old mate of Mike Brian Hall went along. That's right, and uh, there's, a, there's a very good um, synopsis uh, by Bill Tucky of all people. Good word, JP. Um, yeah, you like that. not just associated with weather reports. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, of the um, what some would class as a debacle back when uh, Moffat you, was like, running the. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm just you know I'm on a roll. Um, not a dictionary roll. Uh, when Moffat was running the RX7 and uh, and Brocky commandeered the number was it number 23 car um, to win the race. Um, and there's just some actually fascinating reading in there and uh, um, I think the Le Mans article was done by Phil Scott and he gives a, uh, apart from a good rundown of the whole Le Mans campaign, he gives a fantastic um, overview of a lap in the Porsche at Le Mans with PB driving, um, which, you know, uh, I hope he had his brown trousers on. And he barely fitted in the car. He was actually like his head was canted over. But uh, that 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 book's definitely worth uh, if if you're even vaguely interested in what PB did, 
years ago. Uh, it's definitely worth a read. It's it's fascinating stuff. Look, having been lucky enough to travel around Le Mans with a uh, with the current uh, Le Mans race car driver at speed, yep. Um, it's all, uh, it's definitely um, a long piece of road gets suddenly very short, mm. and there's nowhere to go and nowhere to hide. But uh, yes, right. Yeah, uh, something slipped my mind. Yep. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> <But I'll laughs> well, if it slipped your mind, obviously you can't remember what it was. Now, well, well, we're on Bathurst. We might as well keep talking about Bathurst for a little bit longer. Hot rumour today on one of the local radio stations here in Adelaide. Um, and they've got this, you know, this segment about rumours and what's going on and blah, 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 blah. A caller rang in, totally unsubstantiated, all alleged... Scafie grabbed third gear at the start. Haven't heard that at all, but uh, that could be... Yeah. That's why he cooked the clutch. Well, who knows? Uh, that's sort of... You know, it is funny, when now that you've said that, when you look back on it, you know, he would have had some sort of uh, inkling that there was a bit of a... bit of a... Um, as he was so slow off the line. As he was so very slow off the line. Yeah. So, anyway, just The something. gates are very, very narrow. And, and, and that, that brings uh, something back to me that I, I was... Initially, I was quite disappointed with again that the media, but they, they sort of they bloody well, they, they you know they crucified Jack Perkins mm. on 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 TV sort of before they had the facts, put him in a very uncomfortable right, spot. Yeah. Um. Then they sort of eased back, and I I haven't seen it, but I believe that Scafie's actually let him off the hook and said, "Hey, it wasn't yes, his fault." That's right. Scafie has let him off the hook, and they did actually show the in-car footage from Jack's car before the end of the race, and he was up over the blind brow on uh, Mountain Straight, and suddenly there was the Scafie mobile in front of him. So he uh, really didn't. He had cars on the outside of him. He really didn't have anywhere else to go, and they even later on as a sort of, I suppose you could call it, a TV-based retraction of their earlier um, uh, suppositions, showed the skid marks on the road where he'd obviously very rapidly take, tried to take evasive action to stop, to not hit Scapey up the arse. Look, the only thing that was, uh, was positive coming out of that was that uh, Scapey just happened to, to get off at the um, Bathurst Winery. <laughs> well, this is very true. He, he did probably indeed. had a couple of nips on the way back down just to... But he <laughs> well, was, I understand he was, he, was, uh, he was flying out of uh, flying out of Bathurst within an hour. Look, I, it, it would have been... Yeah. And there, been, was, been, there was a shot of the HRT pit about, I don't know, 20 laps from the end and I think all that was left was a box of spanners. Yeah. Look, I'm, not, I'm not, 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 not pointing any blame or anything like that, but isn't it funny? It's just how, how the way that fate works and there's, there's so much like... Build up and preemption, preemption, and there we had Jimmy who doesn't make a mistake. Yeah, that was that. Actually, I must admit, I was most surprised about that. But I also would have to say that Jimmy never was once to say that it was anything to do with him, mm. and it was all to do with everything else. And uh, but he did the first thing, supposedly the first thing, and they had it on the uh, on the TV coverage was that Jimmy had radioed back to the pits and said something to the effect of "Sorry, boys." So whatever a, a sort of admission that is, well, who knows. But it's most unusual for Jim, you're right. Yes. Um, so, there, the two F to, uh, FPR cars went out very, very early. Again, all that planning and, like, yep. you know, and suddenly, and you know, good, so a dud engine there yep. with, with, uh, with Winterbottom and Bright. 
and then um, and Brabs has made a mistake over the yes. top of the hill with Halliday, um, uh, or, or has he made a mistake? We don't know. It's one of those those grey areas through Reed Park. You just can't tell whether he, something was on there. And we saw some tyres which were very badly cut up earlier in the piece. Yes. And in fact, it was almost looking like there could have been a Dunlop tyre problem. Mm. Um, yeah, well, for a while there, and the, certainly in the first half of the race, uh, when they were coming in and changing tyres, there were that many that looked like they had cut up tyres. It was uh, it was a bit mystifying. I have, have to say, generically, um, across the weekend, I felt that everybody that you know that has been you know, that we know in motorsport, everyone had just had enough this year. Mm. Like, like we got to Bathurst, but we just everyone was exhausted. It's the same people you know, year after year, and we're all getting a bit older. And okay, so we've got to bring some new people come through. But I think everyone was just really quite knocked out by what had happened with PB yep. the month before, and no one's really had any time. Everyone needed a week away in the sun to do with no phone calls or anything and recharge. No one had had a chance to recharge their batteries. So, whilst the event was just a sensationally spectacular event. Well, a huge crowd. Uh, yeah, a huge crowd. Apparently there was a record. Yeah, it was well, well and truly a record by about 20,000. Um, it, was, it, was, it was difficult to manage uh, being there. and I, I, I didn't feel... Yeah, you didn't sound like you... But when I spoke to you on Sunday, you didn't sound like you were all enthused about it and everything else. Oh, you God, sounded like I, you were glad to get out of the place. Well, uh, look, I was there. I was, you know, it, was, it was great to be part of the Triple Eight uh, team and to be part of the winning uh, operation there. But and there, predominantly on there for, for Alan to, mm-hmm. uh, to support him in the way that uh, I, I, I can. Um, and, but I, you know, I just was a bit... Yeah, sort of over it. Very full on. We're all, uh, once you get inside, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's the same like that in the movie industry. Well, it probably is too, yeah. It suddenly it becomes a job instead of something glamorous that you look up. No, I I, I honestly think that it's just a result of what happened with the the unfortunate death of Mark Porter. Yep. and, um, and, And Peter Brock of the month before. And the relentless questioning from the media... And and people outside and and those even people that you would never even hear from would be ringing up and asking about stuff. Everyone just everyone just went on to go into hibernation. Yeah. And that for that reason is is why we haven't heard from Linda for a while because Linda's really needed to take a bit of time to go to ground and yep. and get back to basics and and it's it's hit her pretty hard because she's very close to Peter. Well, that's right, and she was uh, second car on the scene. Today. That's right. So and and so uh, the viewers, she'll be back to to talk a bit more and. We were going to get her on the show tonight, but I just uh, the, the tone of her voice was such that I felt that she um, look we're better off to just do a yeah. JP and, and John show. And that's another reason why we're not going to be uh, celebrating the 40th birthday tonight, viewers. We'll do it a, a 40th one year anniversary 40th episode tonight. We'll wait for about two or three weeks because there's a lot coming up anyway. With um, absolutely Indy off to India and, uh, Friday uh, to well, set up some preparation stuff and this that and the other thing. And then uh, and it's a big event uh, up there for Coopers and um, and uh, also Alan's going to be coming up and doing a bit of a, a social time with us, so that should oh, be, be good. a bit of fun. Yep. Um, and then uh, I'm going to come back and I'm mate. I'm going to go off for a couple of weeks of holidays uh, down at Kangaroo oh, yeah. Island. Going to just you driving down? Well, mate, I'm I'm going to take the the little uh, the trusty Forester down yep. and across the boat there with a uh, ceiling trusty okay. friend. Trust my trusty Brisbane friend from Bris Vegas. The Bris Vegas lady. 
and uh, have a nice time. Oh, well, and not do anything. So there's another two weeks we won't be doing a show then. Unless you want me to drive well, down to KI. Well, you've always been wanting to. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. We keep talking about it. Well, and maybe, Jane and Pete are here now. Well, maybe you can. <laughs> but I thought what I might do is research the uh, extremely wide range of, um, of KI uh, 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 properties down there, which are very well suited for like six to eight to ten people. <laughs> Observe brochure uh, Exhibit A. Oh, Johnny, thank you. That's a nice sunset shot on the front cover. There's all sorts of places, but you know, we've been saying, isn't that the funny? Ever since I moved down here, yeah. we've been saying we, we must go to Kangaroo Island, we must go to Kangaroo Island. Well, viewers, I've never been to Kangaroo Island either. So there you go. Right, well, now, moving on to a bit of Teco. Yeah, well, okay, well, while we're on the Teco, well, the, the Teco's interesting actually because uh, Johnny was referring earlier to uh, the unfortunate crash uh, that occurred with Mark Porter, but on Friday, Muggins here was still at work, he wasn't up at uh, Bathurst enjoying himself and, uh, and I got the phone call basically from John at the track telling me that there'd been a, a fairly serious accident blah 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 and this was probably about, I don't know, it was about 10 past 12 our time, about quarter to one in Bathurst, somewhere around there and uh, I was like oh well that's very distressing and uh, but anyway at work there we've got a, a Mac Pro with a 30 inch display attached to it and we've got this little gizmo called an ITV now this isn't um, Steve Jobs's new ITV that's going to be well that's the code name that's going to be released NYE TV yep this is oh, NYE no, TV nice little product DTT um, Digital Terrestrial Television uh, Elgato is the company that makes it huh. and um, uh, but Columbia Coke dealers <laughs> no European actually European with a US connection. Spanish lamb shops. But nevertheless, it is a great little device. Viewers, if I'll tell you how I got onto it. I mean, we've got this one at this. We've got this demo one at work, and so when the coverage started here, which was 1 p.m. uh, Friday time, uh, we tuned in the uh, tuned in the Mac Pro. We had full screen on the 30-inch display, and uh, and we watched the Fujitsu V8 race right up until it was red flagged. Um, as a result of, of, of John's phone call, partly obviously, because I was should have really been uh, doing a few other things. But um, but anyway, I got to thinking the week before, um, my VHS recorder is past its use-by date and it's always been an absolute pig to try and get tuned in to the channels and program and everything else. And so I'd, I'd thought to myself, well, I might go out and buy one of these hard disk video recorders uh, no, with a DVD me. burner. And did you? No, I didn't, because I researched it all, and about the cheapest you can get one with a 160 gig hard drive is about 4.99 or thereabouts. Doesn't right. matter what brand it is. And so this Elgato unit is 2.99, and it brings digital TV in, HD TV, um, and it basically any. But it doesn't have a disc, does it? So no, you no, don't it has the, fl- the disc fluff that you yep. want out. Yeah. So all that other stuff. But so you record to your hard disk. Well, it just happens that I've got an external hard disk hanging around at home. And I knew I wasn't going to be in on the Saturday of, uh, of Bathurst because my sister and brother-in-law wanted to go for a bit of a drive around and they haven't got their car yet, which is another saga I'll probably get to later on. Um, so uh, anyway, I thought, well, I've got to, I want to record um, the top 10 shootout on Saturday. So uh, I, I took a, one of these ITV units home and hooked it up to the laptop 
uh, plugged it into the main aerial. The only, the only problem that you've got with them really is the fact they come with a very small aerial. Uh, so if you've got a if you've got a roof aerial and a proper you can plug an external cable, aerial yeah, you can and a booster plug, in, can't yep, you? Yep. So that's what I did, and mate, it was the best thing since sliced bread. I switched it on. I did. I got three and a half hours, high def, wide screen, um, quality perfect, was really good, was it? Perfect quality. Oh. And like you can burn that. burn it straight to DVD through Toast Seven, and uh, whack it in your DVD player, and there you go, viewers. Where do you buy it? Two ninety nine. Well, I know most of the Apple centres like we've got it. Adela uh, Apple Centre Adelaide, obviously, we have them in stock. Uh, Apple Centre Norwood, our Norwood branch, I presume, has them in stock. But uh, I think there's quite a few, uh, quite a few dealers out there that That's have got it. them now. But uh, there's about three different models. Um, there's a two forty nine model, um, which is uh, oh, I can't remember what that does. No, sorry, the two forty nine. What's it called again? Elgato, www.elgato.itv.com, isn't it? No, no, com, And they, they give you a rundown on all of them there. There's even like a super deluxe $500 version that'll do um, analogue to digital conversion and everything else on the fly. Pretty cool. Can you plug in an external hard disk to it? Well, no, you plug in an external hard disk to your to your your computer. Ah. Choose that as the target device and just record to that, oh, which is what I did. Beautiful. We've got fast FireWire 800 drive should be that's perfect. It. Yep, and that's Good exactly on, what I used. Just Good an external FireWire drive. The cost of LCD flat panels are coming down. They're tumbling, yep, tumbling, they tumbling pens. like amazing. Uh, suddenly, my uh, 80 centimetre, 82 centimetre looks small. Well, it does for the price. <laughs> because you price. paid two grand for it, no, it's just and you were raving about that over. Yeah, well, I like it, but, but, it, but it was great for Bathurst last year, and this is Bathurst yeah. this year. But then this house is so much bigger than the last house. So well, true, true. Well, it's uh, expensive. But no, it's good. Suddenly, I think I will have to go to the uh, bathroom. Like <laughs> now we were talking about Jane and Pete being over here with their English barbecue tips. Well, there's no English barbecue tips, I tell you. They don't do barbies. They're barbecue specialists, those English people. No, they're not. There's not, not very many of them. They've only just caught on to barbecues in the last about 18 months, two years. I mean, Jane and Pete have had a barbecue for 10 years because I put the bloody thing together when I went over there for their wedding. Now, viewers, but what you really need to realise here is that uh, JP's uh, sister and, uh, and brother-in-law have, after many, many years of trying to move to Australia, have been allowed to move from England over here. Of course, they, were, they had a quite a successful business, but they had to chuckle up nearly three-quarters of a million dollars worth of cash into a bond account. And, like, it's okay. Like, we'll let terrorists and everyone else and boat people in, but, like, you know, people that are legitimately, like, <laughs> okay, well, they've got to go through the back hoops to get in. Yeah, Finally, and, still, and they can still only have a four-year visa that's renewable. It's, it's not permanent. unbelievable, isn't yeah, it? it is. Like, you'd be a Mexican, you'd get in easy. So, anyway. Go on. So, they've been trying to get their cars out. I mean, the funny thing about this is that when they were actually... They, they used an immigration agent over there, and um, Jane was talking to her one day, and she said, now, what are, how do we get cars out to Australia? And the, the woman said, cars? You're taking your cars out? What, do you both drive BMWs? And she said, well, funnily enough, yes, we do. <laughs> so, so, they're bringing both the Bimmers out, but Pete sent his Bimmer, which is a uh, 5 Series, um, about six or seven weeks ago, and it has now arrived. And now they were told by the removalists or the people who organised it over there that you know it'll come into Adelaide, it'll go to this place. You just have to pick it up, take it to Regency, 
get plates put on it and you're home and hose. Piece not, of cake. So not, it's so not that. And it? it is so not that. They rang up on uh, Monday and uh, first of all, the place that their removalists in the UK had told them it was going to doesn't even have a branch in South Australia, so it definitely wasn't going there. Um, then they got on to... So that means they've been swindled by the UK people. Well, and none of the paperwork's come across. They've had to fill it all back out again. Um, so anyway, the long and the short of it is they got... Uh, yeah. They got um, a phone call on Tuesday telling them that they couldn't pick the car up until uh, probably next week. And when they did pick the car up next week, they've basically got to spend $48, give, give the government $48 to, um, to get a three-day permit just to drive it from the docks to Regency Park to get it approved and, and roadworthied. Then they've got to spend another 80 odd dollars on some inspector or the other. And uh, this guy's got to give, you, give it the roadworthy. And you can't just book in, you can't just rock up, you've got to book him days in advance. Um, and then there's an extra cost for this, and then they've got to fill out all these forms for compliance plates, and, and it's just turned into an absolute saga. And, you know, for a car that arrived last Monday, they'll be lucky if they see it by Wednesday next week. Well, there you go. Unbelievable. Wednesday next week. Yep. Well, then Wednesday next week it will be an interesting day because going up in a Black Hawk helicopter with Glenn Cooper and Jack Ellsgood, uh, courtesy of, I don't know, Army, Navy or Air Force, um, to do some photography over Surface Paradise as the introduction to Indy. Should be a bit of fun. Oh, you rotten bugger. You oh, never told me anything about that. I never did. Well, well done, Glenn. Yes, so obviously so Glenn's sort of Cooper's, the strings Cooper's, there. Cooper's deal going on and we, we've got yeah, caught up in that. Glenn's just done a deal with the army to sell him a bucket load of beer, I'll bet. <laughs> oh, no doubt he has. a clever bloke he is. Okay. The night before we'll have the Cooper's Club night up there and it should be a uh, interesting um, uh, event as we go into the penultimate round of the V8 Yokohama V8 U Championship with uh, Jack Ellsgood 14 points behind Marcus Sakanovic. Uh, the championship leader. Uh, wish them both very, very well. Absolutely. And uh, look, should be a great event. Oh, I just, you know, after Bathurst, uh, I, I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to Indy. I don't often look forward to uh, Indy, yep. but but this time I am because it's sort of the vibrancy and uh, and the sunshine uh, and, and the nearly and, naked and, and women and <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to mention the nearly naked women, am I? Well, you can't <laughs> ignore them. <laughs> So it should be a bit of fun, and uh, yes. Oh, so that's good for you. Now, while we're talking sort of, uh, I don't know how we're talking India or whatever, but uh, just as a sort of a bit of an aside, have you seen that new Lexus, the IS250? No, I haven't seen that, but what I have seen is the uh, RX350H. I noticed they were promoting it in the final round of the AFL, the final, the grand, grand final. It's yep. a hybrid version. Very, very interesting concept. Yes, don't know it anything is. about it, and I don't want to go away from what you're you talking about. No, but that's so fine. But and and uh, there's been I've read a review a somewhere. I think innovative. it was in Matter, and they and they uh, they gave the specs on the on the hybrid version, which is actually quite fascinating and accelerates incredibly well for a car that's basically powered by electric motors. Um, but the IS250, and I presume the hybrid's the same, and that is an absolutely gorgeous-looking car. It doesn't 
necessarily go that hard. It's a little bit soft in the performance state. It's the same look as the OIS that I previously have run. I think, think uh, Rift Baits or maybe uh, Neil Baits yeah, no, down a, in Target Tasmania. It's a bit smoother and sleeker and sportier and everything else. And that's what brings me to the subject that I'm about to talk about. Oh, by the way, viewers, Lexus, just in case you didn't know, um, was a brand that was introduced by Toyota into the US. Um, because they wanted an upmarket brand that wasn't just Toyota and the actual word Lexus stands for Luxury Export US. Is that right? Yeah. So um, anyway that's how the brand started and the IS250 is a very gorgeous looking car and I just happened to notice today we had one in our car park, a nice black one, and it had these lovely 17 inch very very open wheels on it and I presume they were factory they had the little Lexus logo in the middle of the in the middle of the mags and nice 245 by 40s but Johnny crappy cow lickers oh, is that right yeah what's now, the problem with the brake package sorry viewers um, Johnny and I refer to brake calipers as cow lickers and uh, we, we've had various discussions on cow lickers on various cars and Lexus is an upmarket car and you know they spend a lot of money developing it. They've got these beautiful open wheels where you can see all of the discs and everything else inside and these bog standard looking gunmetal grey slash aluminium cow lickers that look foul. I have to say JP you're right if you have a big wheel and you want to show a lot of, a lot of disc then yeah. show a big big piece of disc because you don't want a little little rotor there. You want a big big rotor. The disc and a big itself caliper. isn't like Porsche have got. Real, yeah, that's real right. But Porsche have got sexy cow lickers. Oh, yeah. This is a sexy car, and it's got cow lickers that could be on a bloody, uh, you know, low end vehicle. So Lexus, if you're listening, improve your cow lickers because I'm sure the sort of people who are buying Lexuses wouldn't mind springing the extra eight hundred thousand bucks for something that looks nice. And that's not us, unless you'd like to give us one. Well, exactly. Righto, Your what pork, else we got? How's it going? Well, it was, I believe it's simmering away quite nicely now. Mate, I think After that our that, uh, initial scare. I think it's actually burning, and on that note, I think it's time to say goodnight to everybody, because... Uh, oh, I've got one more thing I wanted to touch on, just before we say goodnight. Any of you South Australian viewers, if you got pinged for speeding on the weekend in the Adelaide Hills, you can bet your life you drove past a wheelie bin. They've finally done it. It's been rumoured, you've seen maybe pictures on the internet or pictures in some magazines. There's a speed camera in a wheelie bin and in a covert operation, the SA police force last weekend stuck it up on Cuddly Creek Road and they pinged 367 drivers well, going over the limit. Well, that's interesting you should say that, JP, because uh, it was only just in the paper the other day that they were rumoured to be reintroducing the uh, fixed speed cameras that had been out of operation for about uh, eight, 16 to 18 months yep. due to software and hardware problems. Right. And that anything was uh, that was done was irrelevant. And uh, when they were doing the trials uh, coming up that no one would be booked for it. Well, that's uh, maybe the fixed ones are, but this is a movable one in a wheelie bin. And so there you go, viewers. If you see a wheelie bin at the side of the road, watch out. I suppose we'll catch up with you soon. Well, episode I think we will. Episode 41 will be next. Episode 41 will be next, but it'll probably be about two or three weeks because oh, of we uh, Indy, unless uh, we can shoehorn one in. Yep, no worries. All right, viewers, well, on that note, I think it's uh, good night from him. And good night from me. And uh, <laughs> uh, if you're not uh, 
sure about what's going on or what we're on about, uh, visit our website at www.radiohotlap.com. Send us an email, tell us what you think, and uh, we'd be very happy to uh, maybe talk about it. Even we though would. we don't talk about anything that people do send in. <laughs> well, we do occasionally. Not very often. You're right. Sorry, Chris. See ya. Bye.